Hello, everyone. Welcome to Irish on Tap. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ethan Wiles and Brian Mishler. And boy, we are happy to be back on the microphone after such a long hiatus during this offseason. We got some big news for this season, and we are ready to get into that news. But first, let me check in with my co-hosts. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, obviously, it's been a while since we've talked Notre Dame. A lot's happened since we've talked about Notre Dame football. Definitely a lot of schedule changes. We'll get into that. I miss a lot of the games that got taken off, but a lot to look forward to on this ACC schedule going forward. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm pretty pumped. A lot of a lot of newsworthy things happened yesterday. A lot of different shakeups in the schedule. Still a little skeptical on the season happening in general, but hard not to be excited after yesterday. Yeah, and that's the thing. The word that I want to, you know, point out in your statement is skeptical, because at this point, we truly don't know, you know, what tomorrow brings as far as college football. Um, You know, we talked about it a little bit on the Huskies on Tap podcast with our most recent guest that, you know, the big difference is these college players aren't getting compensated. So, like, for example, we saw a guy like Caleb Farley yesterday from Virginia Tech, someone that we've played against, projected first round draft pick opt out for this upcoming season. So it's it's going to be a, a wild ride. Put your seatbelts on. But for the 2020 season, our Notre Dame Fighting Irish have joined the ACC Conference just for this season. And the schedule was released. It's going to be an 11-game schedule, 10 games in conference with one game out of conference. Initially, you know, this is something that a lot of people in, in, in you know, South Bend or, you know, wherever you are a Notre Dame fan at have kind of had blowback. They don't want us to join a conference. And, you know, let me clear the air. We're not joining them full time. This is just due to the pandemic that is going on right now. And the fact that we may not have had a schedule if we didn't do this. So ultimately, it comes down to us providing for our players and providing for our fan base to make sure that we do have a season at the end of the day. But it's going to be an interesting season. Brian, what were your initial thoughts when hearing this news? I just kind of laugh because I'm not going to lie, after the Big Ten, I think the Pac-12 came out and said they weren't going to have any non-conference games and everybody started tweeting away that Notre Dame wouldn't have a season. And then, I mean, honestly, they weren't ever going to exclude Notre Dame because of their brand. So once the ACC basically, I mean, it's a mutually beneficial deal. The ACC is going to be able to benefit from the NBC revenue and they get the recognition from Notre Dame and then Notre Dame gets to have a season. So it's not like Notre Dame's the only one benefiting. It's it's good for everybody involved. But honestly, I just kind of laugh because it just makes the people who thought that Notre Dame was going to be excluded this season look like idiots, to be honest. Yeah, I can't imagine what the uh, college football world is going to think if Notre Dame wins the ACC championship in their first year in the ACC, and then they just don't go back to the ACC. Like, I feel like everyone would lose their shit if that happens, but on first glance of that schedule, why can't we make it into the ACC championship game? I mean, we've beaten we've beaten all the opponents on our schedule. We got Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Louisville, and Syracuse at home. First of all, we've been dominant at home. Clemson is the only game that kind of worries me, obviously. Clemson is Clemson, but I don't see us losing on the road either. Boston College, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pitt, and Wake Forest. I don't see us really struggling with any team on that schedule. Maybe Maybe Clemson will obviously be a good game, but... Phil Yurkovich is probably shitting his pants right now. Uh If you look at the schedule, I mean, you drop drop USC, Wisconsin, Stanford's been down a little bit, but Stanford, Stanford, they're still better than... 
almost the entire ACC not named Clemson. I mean, honestly, the, really the only game besides Clemson that worries me, and it was already on the schedule, it's at Pitt. I think that's actually a pretty tough game. I thought that right back in this summer, earlier this summer, even before the schedule shakeup. So that game actually kind of worries me because we, str- we seem to always play Pitt close. So that kind of worries me. But other than that, I mean, I agree with you. There's no reason why Notre Dame can't get to the ACC championship. I do think it's a huge disadvantage because – Having Clemson at home, I don't think there's any chance the stadium's going to have any fans if it's in the fall. So that's a big loss, not being able to pack Notre Dame up and have a tough place to play. It'll be like, honestly, like a practice scrimmage. And it's more towards the team with the better talent. And yes, I think Notre Dame's as talented as anybody, but Clemson, like you said, Ethan, Clemson's Clemson. So I do think Notre Dame will be at a disadvantage there. But I mean, the ACC is pretty much nothing without Clemson. I mean, it's, it's funny because everybody's talking about Notre Dame having an easy schedule as an independent, which is just factually incorrect. They join a conference for one year, they schedule, the schedule shakes up, and it goes from pretty hard to ridiculously easy. So it just makes the naysayers about how Notre Dame plays a week's schedule annually look pretty stupid. What are your thoughts, Brandon? Yeah, my only thing with the schedule is is we have a clear-cut you know, path to the college football playoff and 99% of me is saying you got to run through Clemson twice or at least beat them in the in the uh, ACC championship. So at least we know we have the blueprint. We know what we need to do to take care of business. But yeah, as far as the schedule goes this year, you know, you and Ethan both touched on it. These are teams that we've seen relatively recent and have popped off. You know, Syracuse last time we saw them, 38 to 3. Boston College handled them pretty nicely last year in South Bend. Florida State beat the shit out of them while the D were running around without their shirt on a few years ago. I mean, all these teams are, like you said, a little bit down right now. The ACC is not necessarily the strongest conference. They're a little top-heavy. And really, like you said, they wouldn't be where they're at today without Clemson. But Notre Dame knew they were going to have to play Clemson before you know the schedule shakeup so they were already having to prepare for trevor lawrence and all the weapons that that team has which there are plenty of them but i think it's going to be interesting because you know what happens if we do run the table and get to the acc championship and win that like it Does that make Notre Dame want to go back to a conference? Probably not. But does that shut up everyone that is constantly talking about Notre Dame? Absolutely. And I I think that this is, I I put it at the end of my article, I think this is the biggest statement year for Brian Kelly in his coaching career. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, if they, if they, I mean, if they go in conference and shit the bed, for lack of a better term, lose like three games in the ACC, it's going to look really bad. Not going to lie. And people would have a field day um, talking about Notre Dame and hating on them. But on the other flip of the side, if they run the table, and honestly, if they even if they run the table, get to the conference title and lose to Clemson, play them close. I mean, I hate to talk about close losses. I mean, I, no, no Notre Dame fan likes to talk about that. But even if they do that, they'll look fine. But like you said, if they run the table, beat Clemson, win the ACC title, get to the college football playoff, it would honestly permanently shut up Notre Dame naysayers. And they got one season to do that. So this is a huge statement season, like you said, for Brian Kelly and the Irish. I actually really like that point because Notre Dame obviously has been the team that's always been in the national spotlight for years. And like you said, now that we join a conference, it's like, okay, you wanted us to do this for years. We've gotten to that point. And I really do think that if the worst case scenario comes up and we don't do well in the ACC, that will, I think it's going to hurt us long term. 
I really do. I think that the national media has already hated on Notre Dame for a long time. And now if we just, like you said, shit the bed in the ACC, I mean, the national media will have a field day with Notre Dame. I don't think that's going to happen. But to think about that worst case scenario, that just scares the shit out of me. Couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, Notre Dame, I think they have played well in big games in the regular season. There's a lot of games to prove that. They got Georgia twice at Florida State. I think it was like 2015. Really what they're notorious for is not showing up in the postseason, which you can't really argue when people bring up that fact. But like you said, if they do don't play well this season against it's going to look bad. And honestly, Notre Dame fans aren't really going to have anything to say about it. But like you guys have brought up, these are these are programs that we've seen in the past. And that Notre Dame has pretty much just like taken care of pretty easily in the past. So I really don't think that's going to happen. I, I think really there's only two losable games on their schedule. Like I said, Clemson and App Pitt. I think people are overlooking Pitt. I think they're pretty, pretty damn good, going to be pretty damn good this year. So those are really the only two games I'm worried about. But as college football, really anything can happen on a daily basis. You you see Oklahoma drop a game to Kansas or somebody of that nature almost every year. So I, I think Notre Dame is going to do well, but cross my fingers they don't embarrass themselves because God knows we've, they've done that in the past before. I want to bring this up because obviously the big game on our schedule is Clemson. It's at home in South Bend. We don't know exactly if or how many fans are going to be in attendance. Does the lack of attendance hurt our chances against Clemson at home, do you guys think? 100%. It absolutely does. It's going to be like it's going to be like a practice scrimmage. And like I said, like 10 minutes ago, normally the talent wins out. And I think Notre Dame has got a lot of talent, but they don't have more talent than Clemson. They have a better QB. Love you in book, but he's not better than Trevor Lawrence. So I think that hurts them immensely. I think if they pack Notre Dame up, I mean, like you said, Notre Dame's dominated at home the last two, two and a half seasons. So they packed that place up. Notre Dame wouldn't have been favored, but I think it's going to shift the line by a touchdown. I really do. I think it's going to be that significant. Maybe not a touchdown, maybe like three, four points. But I think it's going to be huge. And I think Notre Dame's at a huge disadvantage. Figures they get Clemson at home the one year. There's a freaking global pandemic. So I do think it's a big, big disadvantage for the Irish. Yeah, it's it's a tough scene, especially, you know, like you said, it, it basically turns it into a scrimmage. So, yeah, it, at that point, there is no actual X factor to having it being a home game. Like you might as well play at like a high school stadium at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 kind of wild. But let me run some numbers by you guys real quick. So all time, Notre Dame is 54 and 22 against the ACC, averaging 27.2 points per game to the ACC's 18.6 for the teams that they are playing this year. Currently, they are 7-2 and two all-time against Boston College, 1-3 and three all-time against Clemson, 4-2 and two against Duke, 3-5 and five against Florida State, 3-2 and two against Georgia Tech, 1-1 one one all-time against Louisville, 14-2 and two against North Carolina, 2-1 and one against Pitt. That can't be right because they've definitely played Pitt more than that. And then 5-0 and oh against Wake Forest. So, I mean, 3-0 and oh against Syracuse. So... The teams like you guys have both stated that we're playing this season are teams that we do have a history with. I mean, we do play six ACC teams every single season. So for the people that were expecting Notre Dame to play in the Big Ten based off of proximity, you're absolutely wrong. The schedule was already basically made. They just had to swap out those four games and then they cut down a game. Hopefully, and from the speculation that I've read, Navy will be that that non-conference game and they're really pushing for that but at this point there has been no announcement made the only announcement made on the non-conference game is that it must be played in the home state of the ACC team so it is going to be a home game so Notre Dame will have six 
home games regardless of if people are there or not this season. Yeah, that's interesting for me because I, I read that stat just before, or read that little note right before the show. What's interesting to me is where they'll put that Navy game. Notre Dame showed that they want to play Navy this season, but the fact that it has to be in a ACC state, we've seen that the NFL stadiums aren't going to be as willing to host college football games this season. So to see where they will play that game in an ACC state will be quite interesting. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely going to go with Navy, keep that traditional rival. If you want to say it's a rival, rival, keep going. And I mean, yeah, they could have scheduled, tried to maybe schedule somebody like Wisconsin, I guess at home, I don't know. But it's just easier to deal with Navy. And yeah, I think Notre Dame at the end of the day is going to have one of the easier schedules of any power five in the country. But I mean, people wanted Notre Dame to join a conference and they did. So, I mean, they get what they, they get what they asked for. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can't please anybody in 2020 at this point. But one game that I do want to bring to your guys' attention that could be a sleeper game, North Carolina. They have a quarterback by the name of Sam Howell down there. They're coached by Mac Brown, formerly with, you know, Texas. National champion coach. They are really a team that is trending upwards. Um, They did play Clemson pretty tough and had a relatively good season in the ACC last year. Um, It'll be interesting to see how we match up against them. I do believe that game is, yeah, that game is going to actually be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Obviously, there won't be fans there, but that's another team that I think could present an interesting matchup for Notre Dame this season. I don't really know much about North Carolina, their roster, but I do know, like you said, they are on the up with Mac Brown. They have had a, a lot of success on the recruiting trail. Probably a little bit early for that to success to make the field. Got to probably wait two years or so, but I, yeah, I wouldn't take them lightly either. Yeah, I've been a big Sam Howell guy since he uh, appeared on the, the Netflix series as well. He's a good quarterback. And, and I mean, what team can't succeed under Mac Brown? He was a great coach at Texas and a former roommate of mine and Brandon's big North Carolina guy. And he was uh, not too pleased with the football season last year. But I think Notre Dame will uh, will come out. And I don't I don't really see that being a struggle game. I think this defense will overpower Sam Howell. Yeah, and if you've noticed the trend, the key to Ethan's heart as a quarterback is to just play on QB1. If you played on QB1, you're going to be Ethan's favorite guy. Or if your name's Ian Book or Mitchell Trubisky, that's the blueprint to be Ethan's favorite quarterback. Uh, but but Mishler, I, I think you do bring up a good point. You know, it, it, it might take a little bit of time because, like you said, you know, a lot of the noise that has been made is really in the recruiting trail. I think they may have finished the season 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four last year, but that's going to be a complete competitive game and then too it's like boston college you know they're going to give us their best shot every year florida state has been trending downwards but at the end of the day you know it's florida they're going to have talented skill position players talented dbs talented receivers we'll see what they can put together as a full body of work when we get there Louisville game last year was kind of tough sledding in the first half, but, you know, cooler heads prevailed towards the second half. Duke, you guys might as well just just start getting in the in the handshake line already. They absolutely got dismantled last year. And, and the same thing goes for teams like Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. Like those, I would say the three, my three blowout games, I'm going to just go out and say it right now. I'll put it on the air. My three blowout games for Notre Dame this year are Duke, Georgia Tech, and Boston College. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that. Those programs aren't really looking at the upswing right now by any means. I think they could probably blow out Florida State. I think Florida State is a complete disaster right now. But like you said, they're in the state of Florida. They will have talent. And I'm going to go – I've already kind of glossed over this, but I think Pitt, at Pitt's going to be really tough. I think that's going to be come down to the – come down to a Beal Nail or come down to the last final minutes. But that's my – 
one and maybe Louisville, but Louisville's at home. I don't know about I'm not so convinced with Louisville, but I think Pitt's gonna be really tough. What are your guys' thoughts on Pitt this year? Well, wasn't it wasn't it Pitt that I think it was the Deshaun Kaiser year that we were ranked, I think it was fifth or sixth and went up there and they just absolutely popped us off. That's always a sleeper game. Pitt, you know, is gonna be a grinded out game where they're gonna wanna run the football. They run that pro style offense. Basically the Pittsburgh Steelers one A. Like those teams are so intertwined. They actually, uh, from what I've heard, those teams like the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers are actually, they actually do a lot of stuff together, not as far as training, but like they're with each other a lot throughout the year. Um, That's why you see a lot of guys go from Pitt like James Conner to the Steelers. But as far as this season, I mean, I watched a lot of Pitt football down the stretch last season. They beat UCF. They came back from a big deficit in, uh, I forgot, in the who, who the Hell Cares Bowl, but it was against Eastern Michigan, and it was a great comeback in which they were down, I think, like 21 at the half. So that's a team that you know is always a like a road trap game like because we always get them on the road, and it's always a trap game. So I don't know. It's It's a tough scene. We'll see where they're at obviously we haven't gotten any dates on this so we don't know like we could get clemson week one like we have no idea which way these are going to fall on the schedule you know so that also plays into it as well yeah i do think the trap game aspect of it is definitely something that would come up and is going to be big when we get the dates but even i just pulled up the score 2018 pittsburgh at home notre dame six and oh ranked third in the country pitch three and three Nailbiter against Pitt. I knew they played him close because I was at this game. It was it was tough to see, but yeah, they beat Pitt by five. They took all the way until the fourth quarter. So they, like you said, Pitt's always going to grind it out. It was 19-14. They're going to grind him out, run him, and work the clock. So I really think it's going to be a nail biter. And but like you said, I do think we got to wait till the dates. Could be like, what if it's after Clemson? That's definitely a trap game or something like that. I think we got to wait it out before we make any bold predictions right now. Yeah, I mean, you talk about playing Pitt close. I remember the the 2012 game, the undefeated season. Pitt had that field goal opportunity to end Notre Dame's undefeated season. They missed the kick. Notre Dame ended up going down and winning in over in an overtime. Yeah, Everett Golson. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's way too early. Uh, I think one of my blowout games is definitely going to be the Syracuse game at home. Uh, if we start predicting blowout games, I think that's going to be one of them. But definitely Pittsburgh has the opportunity to be that trap game, and it could be very interesting. One thing I hate, though, is like, why can't we ever get Syracuse at home? They have one of the coolest like stadiums to play in, one of the very few arenas in college football. Why don't we ever get them at home? Yeah, that's true. I feel like the, the ACC kind of... We have like a revolving door of the six games we play with them every year, and it's kind of odd how it happens. But I mean, at the end of the day, whatever. At least we get some, we got some sort of benefit of being like one foot in the ACC the past couple, two, three, four years. But now we get to go full feet in because if it wasn't for the ACC, we wouldn't be playing football. So I'm excited. I, I still, I, we talked about this off air before. I'm still highly skeptical that football starts in the fall. I mean, it'll probably be August by the time this hits the air. So I mean, you got about five more weeks until we're supposed to kick off September 7th. The ACC just announced yesterday and the entire Rutgers football team is quarantining two weeks. I just think, think we're going to kick off in five weeks. I think that's just a pipe dream. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think maybe probably pushed back to about October, but I'm still highly skeptical football will be played in the fall. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that aspect of the scheduling. That's the toughest part. I mean, you know, we're part of the, you know, big, group of people in college football that 
we're cool just if they play the season. Like I, if they play it a little bit later in the fall, that's fine with me. If they play it in the spring, that's fine with me. I just, at the end of the day, would hate to see another group of thousands of athletes lose out on their senior season, lose out on the opportunity to get some extra tape, lose out on all these opportunities that, you know, college athletics provide you. And especially football. I mean, that's, College athletics is nothing without college football. I mean, it, I'm just sitting here trying to imagine like a Saturday in the middle of October where I'm not glued to my TV with like three laptops and like whatever other screen can put a game on in front of me watching every single game I can. It's disheartening that we don't know if there's going to be a season or not, but I will say this, and it has been reported by multiple sources from the team no cases have been reported as far as an athlete's standpoint. So none of the players have tested positive, And there has been no opt-outs for the 2020 season to date. Like you said, we're recording this today. It's July 30th, probably be out by tomorrow afternoon. But at this point, nobody has opted out and nobody has been reported with this sickness. So that's got to be good news on our front. Yeah, I think that's definitely good news, especially with Notre Dame. I feel like the media definitely focuses on the bad news. I mean, Rutgers gets quarantined for two weeks. That's all over the place. But they don't really report all the teams that have no cases like Notre Dame. So I think there is definitely a lot of positive news out there that the media isn't focusing on. And there's really just so many trade-offs. to. I mean, if you want to play in the fall, you're probably going to have a little bit of guys opting out because of COVID. I don't think it'll be as much as professional sports, but I think there'll be some people that do that. But then again, if you push it to spring to avoid COVID, there's first of all, no guarantee that there'll be a vaccine in the spring. So I don't know if even we'll be avoiding COVID in the spring. And second of all, you're going to have a lot of players that are NFL ready, getting ready for the draft that opt out of the season. I saw on Twitter an agent said, be prepared if it's spring football for about 50 to 60 players not play because they just want to get ready for the draft. So, I mean, that's I think that would be have a more significant opt out than any COVID related opt out in the fall. So I just think I think if college football can play in the fall, I really think they should. I don't really give a shit about fans. I'm not expecting fans to be at the games whatsoever this season. Just zero percent capacity, whatever. But just get it done in the fall because I don't think spring football is going to go well. And then, like you said, if college football gets canceled altogether. Honestly, basketball is the only other sport that pays for itself and probably only power five schools for basketball or power five conferences. Most of the D1 basketball programs probably don't pay for themselves either. I mean, football keeps literally everything afloat. If you cancel football this season, either programs or athletic programs are going to be have a significant revenue loss and be in the in a deficit this year. Or you're just going to have to cancel every other sport. So I really don't think canceling college football this season is an option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's going to come down to, I think the NCAA is watching what's going on in in Major League Baseball. They're going to be watching what's going on with the NHL and the NBA this coming weekend. Obviously, different situations going on with uh, the the bubbles and things like that. Um, Maybe it's something that college football looks at if they go towards the spring. But I agree with you, Brian. I don't think that canceling college football is going to be an option. But I think more or less moving it back into the spring is the more realistic and definitely the more safe option. Because if the Marlins are getting if the entire Marlins team is getting it and they've you know been safe and quarantined with the Major League Baseball rules, what makes you think that college kids aren't going to get it? And well, spreading it from football, a contact sport, 
with baseball being a non-contact sport. I will say that was a good point about football being a contact sport. That's definitely going to play a factor. But no other team has tested positive in MLB besides the Marlins. And there's now rumors that the Marlins went out clubbing in Atlanta. They went to, they went to Magic City, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, like, are you kidding me? You can't have college. Hopefully college students are actually they're not smart enough because apparently the Rutgers football team, there was a house party in the Rutgers campus. And that's how they got it. So, I mean, if you're not going to be in a bubble like you said, that could be something that they explore if you go to the spring. That was a good point. I think that's really the only way, though, because, I mean, college campuses, if you really think you're going to get these kids to not go to just a simple house party during the when like campus of 40,000 students like Rutgers, even that might even be bigger than that. Um, but if you really are not, not going to attend parties and drink some beer, I, th- I just think it's unreasonable. You might want to not unreasonable. I think it's unreasonable to think that because college students are in general pretty stupid. But I would say that a bubble is be can be something that they explore but i mean you're gonna have some people get it so that is a good point about i mean that really makes me even more skeptical about the season starting but i just want college football to be played don't know how they're gonna do it but i just think they should or else college sports in general are going to be shut down in 2020 and obviously nobody wants that i mean you've had coaches work for weeks now on this plan to get back how hard is it to keep your players out of parties like, I really don't understand that. You you want your teams to play. These players want to play. But at the same time, like, you got these players that think that they're not going to get anything and go out and party. And I, I mean, me and Brandon are both college students right now. We are both right. We are both not intelligent. 100%. But if we were sitting here on the Notre Dame football team or the Rutgers football team or the Northern Illinois football team, and our season had to depend on if our players were healthy and our players were staying safe, I would stay in the apartment and play PS4. It's what I do now. But what is keeping these college coaches from keeping their athletes in their dorms, in their apartments, staying safe, doing whatever? That's not, I mean, half of it is on the players. But if there's no college football in the fall, part of the blame has to go on the coaches as well. I agree with that. But I think a program like Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, anybody with real, like, college football playoff aspirations and players that want to be in the NFL, I think you absolutely could convince them to not attend parties. But when you're at a program like Rutgers, which is pretty much a dumpster fire, you don't really have a season to look forward to. You don't really care. I mean, they've gotten destroyed in the Big Ten for years now. Programs like that, I mean, if you don't have any NFL aspirations, I think it's a lot harder to get players like that at a program like that to not attend parties. And I I just think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, Rutgers, I mean, I don't think they they haven't done anything, like, ever. The last time they were good was when they had Greg Schiano and Ray Rice over there in, like, 07. And that was, like, the weirdest year in college football to date. But, yeah, I, you know, to kind of just – we'll wrap the, the COVID talk up because we really don't really want to talk about it too much. But I just think at the end of the day, like you guys, you, you both made great points. You know, the coaches have to keep their players accountable, and the players have to realize, like, it's bigger than them. It's bigger than you. This this game of football playing at your university is bigger than you. So you can't be selfish in this time. Like there's players that are literally not playing this season because they don't feel safe. I know for a fact, though, that not for a fact, because I don't hang out with the Notre Dame guys. But from what I've seen as far as social media postings and everything that they've kind of been doing during this time, you know, they've been doing like fishing, working out like I haven't seen any like newsworthy TMZ type topics where 
our guys are at the epicenter of some bullshit. So I'm proud of our guys for that. Continue to stay on the right path. Continue to trust the process and get ready for this season because, the, you know, just as much as it's a big test for Brian Kelly, Ian Book, your draft stock is on the line this year. There's a lot of players that are fighting for starting positions, fighting for draft stock. And this season is important regardless of who we're playing against, regardless of if we're a part of the ACC conference or not. We have to go out there and take care of business. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is going to be a huge season for Notre Dame regardless. I think we've been healthy throughout the entire time. Given the break, I think if we go into the spring, I've I've talked about this with Northern Illinois as well. I think the break, if there's a spring college football season, will benefit this team in so many ways. I mean, you've got a lot of veteran leadership, uh, a great head coach with Brian Kelly. and, And no matter what, I mean, I think this team is going to be ready regardless. But I think this is going to be a huge season for Notre Dame. Yeah, I think I think they'll be ready. The only thing, I mean, if you, I, I think Brian Kelly's been great with his time at Notre Dame, but if there's one thing, he doesn't really get his team prepared well for big games. So I think there is a little bit of concern that maybe the players might think, oh, this season's not a season's a wash, it's not going to be played. And Brian Kelly, I think, is kind of a little bit more of an NFL coach in that regard, where he isn't great of getting the players ready for a given game, but he's just really good at other aspects of it. Because in the NFL, that's kind of that's just on the player. I mean, they're being, they're being paid millions. But I, I think Notre Dame in general will be fine, partly because they're playing a ridiculously easy schedule. In their old schedule or initial schedule, I was going to predict ten and two, maybe a down season nine and three. But I think ten and two is reasonable. But this schedule, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna. It's hard for me to predict them to beat Clemson. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I'm getting into season predictions now. It's really hard to do that without any dates. Like Pitt, for example, that could be a trap game if given the right place in the schedule. But I think they'll get, they're going to be fine, really, with the only game being overmatched against Clemson. Yeah, and I think one really good thing, and I know we'll get on this topic in a second, is just how much depth this team has. Uh, the recruiting has been great for Brian Kelly. One thing, obviously, that's been a hot topic is the quarterbacks. Obviously, Ian Book is going to play this season. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. I'm just going to throw that one out there. But going forward after this year, too, and... <laughs> Regardless of what happens, fall or spring, I think this is going to be huge for those guys as well. So recruiting was something huge for Notre Dame this offseason, and it's going to be something obviously important to build going forward because this team has a, has a really bright future. Yeah, Ethan, I think you bring up some great points. The future definitely is bright here in South Bend, and it begins this season. I mean, we have four graduate transfers that I ultimately think we'll be fighting in, if not in starting positions, guys like Bennett Skoranek, who they played a couple seasons ago against Evanston. We actually were at that game. Uh, Nick McLeod, cornerback from North Carolina State. Isaiah Pryor, that hard-hitting, absolute physical specimen of a safety from Ohio State. And then they added a guy that they uh, have a little bit of familiarity with in Trevor Spates from Stanford. And then, too, it's like if you look at some of the you know high-level recruits from this 2020 class, guys like Jordan Johnson, Chris Tyree, the tight end Michael Meyer, just the next person in that two for tight end you and then you know you got to add a guy like drew pine drew pine four-star quarterback absolute stud and just someone that i'm absolutely excited to see over the next couple years but i want to remind notre dame fans that in 2021 we also have another amazing quarterback a guy by the name of tyler buchner and that is someone that you guys want to keep your eyes peeled for but ethan Real quick before we wrap up, you know, thoughts on, you know, how we've been doing so far as as far as the 2020 class and even as far out as the 2022 class, they've really been staying busy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that you touched on, and, and I'll touch on it as well, because I have been focused on this position for so much over the last couple of years, but the quarterback position at Notre Dame has not been this strong in probably the longest that I can think of. I mean, you can think of one or two good quarterbacks here and there, um, you know, Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen, guys like that. But, you know, I mean, in terms of depth and having three guys at the position that realistically could win you football games at any time, I can't think of a Notre Dame depth chart with that many quarterbacks this good ever. As Steve Adazio once said at Boston College, just a bunch of guys being dudes. And that's what we got on this football team. I got nothing else for you guys. You know, it was really good to get back on the microphone and talk some Notre Dame football. Today, we were joined by uh, the co-hosts of the show, Ethan Wiles and Brian Mishler. You can find Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Wiles 10. You can find myself, Brandon Suarez, on Twitter at BDON300. And then for our third co-host, Brian Mishler, he can be found on Twitter at Brian and then Mishler, which is spelled M-I-S-C-H-L-E-R. This was Irish on Tap presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. Like I said, we were happy to get back on the microphone, talk about our new schedule, what's really going on in South Bend for this season, how our guys are preparing for it. Just taking it day by day at this point, controlling what they can control for this season. Uh, we're part of the ACC uh, scheduling wise there. You know, I had a little bit of a back and forth with someone on the Internet. They're eligible for the conference title and they're eligible for the Orange Bowl if they don't win the ACC. So, yes, in fact, Notre Dame is a part of the ACC this year. But that'll be all for this week. Stay tuned to the OnTap Sportsnet for future articles and other podcasts. We also do, uh, you know, a variety of different coverages. We cover the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Cubs, the Blackhawks. Ethan and I are also hosts of the uh, Northern Illinois podcast that we run, Huskies on Tap. So we got a little bit of everything as far as the Chicagoland area sports teams go. But I got nothing else for this episode today. And go Irish. <laughs>